Well, good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Spreaker Radio Network and simulcasting on free conference call. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. And this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I just ask you to go to the website, yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R. DIY like do it yourself health h e a l t h your diyhealth.com there's all kinds of information there all the products we talk about are there including the terahertz frequency devices and you now have two choices more choices between two companies we have the uh, original uh, terracare products that were we've been dealing with since last July about a year and a half now and we've got the newcomer Johnny come lately uh, new kid on the block the uh, Oli Life products, the P90, which is a foot device, and the uh, Cell Essentials um, wand, and both of those are, you know, they're the company is new in the U.S. Uh, they're just getting they're in pre-launch. They'll be live here in uh, after the first of the year, but you can get the products now. Takes about a week or so to get them delivered. Um, and the company has fantastic, uh, products. The uh, quality is exceptional and the results are even better. Um, the Itericare products are fantastic, but the only life products take it to a whole new level. Uh, at least that's been my experience. And, um, there are a lot of people out there, uh, mostly higher up in, uh, in Itera who are bad mouthing the only life products without ever getting one and trying it. Well, I actually wanted to see what the de- what the deal was, so I bought a P90, spent a thousand dollars of my own money, and bought one just to see. And I'm glad I did because the results were awesome, and they are every bit as good as um, the folks tell you they are. Uh, they're nowhere near. <laughs> You know, that's the thing. Um, there's all kinds of reports. All these things are knockoffs and they're stealing product, you know, stealing, uh, you know, whatever. They're not. They're good products. They've been fan- they're fantastic and they're better made than the iTerracare products. It's been my experience. And they work better. Uh, they're more reasonably priced uh, for what you're getting. Uh, the wand from uh, Only Life is every bit as good, if not better, than the Pro model from Iteracare, which is thirty-eight hundred bucks. And all you get is the wand in the case that it comes in. With the Only Life wand, it's six hundred dollars. You get a case and you get a two hundred dollar oscillating stand that will you can put the thing in and it'll go up and down your back or your sides or whatever you need. And like I said, those we've got. Uh, um, uh, Iteracare uh, stockists who are selling those stands for 200 and above and this comes with the device for 600 bucks so when you take out the cost of the stand you're paying about 400 dollars for a pro level quality uh, wand and it's only 20 bucks more than the base model on uh, from Iteracare which has had lots and lots of quality control issues so it's definitely, in my opinion, the best way to go. Uh, least expensive when you're talking high-end stuff and just a hair over what you would pay for a, for a classic wand without any of the problems. I mean, this thing's going to last you for years and years and years from what I can tell. So um, check the products out. They're, you can order both from the uh, website. Um, 
If you have any problems or questions, hit the contact me button. I'll be happy to help you. Um, but check those things out. Everybody, especially with what's coming down the pike, everybody should have at least one terahertz one. And if you buy iTerra, you should buy a couple of spares because chances are the original one's going to break on you. You won't be able to get it replaced down the road. You know, right now they're replacing them just fine. They have a one-year warranty. And if you have a problem, it uh, doesn't take long at all to get it taken care of. But um, when the supply chain gets disrupted, I'd rather have one that's I can expect to work for a long time rather than one that may break at any moment. That's just me. <laughs> so anyway check out the website um be sure and hit the radio shows tab at the top of the page is the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm and then right below that is the rumble button we're on rumble now every show we've done since the beginning of october is up there uh just uploaded one from this morning show uh from 10 to noon eastern um it should be live here shortly and we were talking about the new zealand whistleblower um uh what's his uh, last name is young can't remember his first name but um we may talk about that today we'll see um but uh, and we also talked about airline pilots and military pilots that are having problems because of the covid jabs imagine that our military readiness is really um suffering now and so is a commercial airline um there's all kinds of reports of pilots croaking on their off-duty time, croaking right as they're getting ready to get on the uh, airplane to take off and fly. Other times they're, they're croaking and landing and take off and all kinds of stuff. Um, but it's an issue. That's why I won't fly at this point. But uh, I encourage you to check out the morning show. It's on Rumble. It's also on the uh, uh, Spreaker. It's also on uh, the uh, castbox.fm you know they're there and a whole bunch of other platforms as well so i encourage you to check those out give them a listen give them a like and uh but anyway check out the radio shows tab and then right below you know scroll down from there you'll see the shows we do when they're on and how you listen and at the bottom of the page is the link to the facebook page set up for the show as well as the telegram channel Keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Spreaker Radio Network, Free Conference Call, Rumble, any of the other platforms we're on, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. <coughs> Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. All righty. Um, just another thing, uh, being that uh, tomorrow is the first Wednesday of the month, I have my retirees' breakfast slash lunch, and I always uh, manage to make it back in time for the show. But in the odd chance that something were to happen and I don't make it back, I'll get back as quick as I can and we'll see how things go. But um, like it shouldn't be a problem. It hasn't been so far. Just want to throw that in there. All righty then. Um, let me see if I can find. Yeah, there we go. RNA and DNA contaminated in the food supply much worse than you probably think. Ain't that just great? The Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic added a new concept to the public lexicon called mRNA, which stands for messenger RNA, 
We're told that the COVID injections from Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna are made with mRNA, though it has since come out that the mRNA shots do not actually contain mRNA, but rather contain laboratory-made RNA or and or DNA particles that are stronger than mRNA and survive the digestion process. Oh, goody. It means it passes through the stomach acid. Yeah, it's modified RNA is what it is. Anyway, these RNA and DNA jabs, as they are more accurately called, are being administered to both people and animals in the modern age, and the RNA and DNA residues that end up making their way into the foods that people eat is perhaps more serious of, of a threat to public health than anything else currently in circulation. The World Health Organization creates a DNA vaccine uh, information page on its website and explains the, in further detail how these injections work. One noteworthy passage reads as follows. The field of DNA vaccination is developed rapidly, or developing rapidly. Vaccines currently being developed uh, use not only DNA, but also include adjuncts that assist DNA to enter cells, target it towards specific cells, or that may act as adjuvants in stimulating or directing the immune system. That sounds just wonderful. This is a terrifying revelation in that it shows how DNA vaccines, as defined by public health uh, official public health sources, are a Trojan horse that deliver foreign lab-made DNA into cell nuclei, possibly permanently. A research paper discussing all this explains that there are several bacterial species in existence that are capable of transferring vaccine plasmids to mammalian host cells. These bacterial species are basically cell factories capable of producing a very large number of DNA plasmids. The paper further highlights a discovery made by Walter Schaffner in 1980 showing how for the first time the occurrence of gene transfer from bacteria to mammalian cells or mammals cells. When uh, tandem copies of the SV40 or simian virus 40 virus genome carried by E. coli laboratory strains were transferred into co-cultured mammalian cells, bacterial DNA vaccine delivery systems consist in the international, um, excuse me, the internalization of the bacteria harboring a plasmid vector containing the sequence of the gene of interest by target cells. The paper explains. Subsequently, primary vessels, vesicle, are uh, formed and then fused to lysomal compartments where lysis of the bacteria occurs. In other words, they cut it or split it, releasing the plasmid DNA into the host cytosol. The plasmid DNA then migrates to the nucleus of the cell where the gene sequence of interest is transcribed for subsequent transduction and protein synthesis by the host cell's machinery. In other words, the thing makes more and more and more of it. Loophole allows organic foods to contain altered DNA. (laughs) Oh, here we go. In much simpler terms, DNA vaccines are designed in such a way as to allow pharmaceutical companies to deliver whatever chemical payload they wish using SV40 and other adjuvant constituents. Worse yet, that payload may be self-replicating or just make some copies over and over. 
taking over a person's genome forever. One of the reasons why Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna are lying about their mRNA jabs being RNA-based rather than DNA-based is because DNA vaccines are much more of a threat to the body. If RNA vaccines and treatments are scary, DNA-based vaccines are an absolute nightmare, writes Tom, uh, attorney Tom Renz on his Substack. There are billions of lines of code that make up the human genome, and we cannot even write a few million in an operating system or a phone without bugs. <laughs> so why, uh, why? So why would I want someone tinkering with the code that makes me live? This rapidly advancing field of gene therapy, these are not just simple vaccines, involves two major components, one being the genetic code to rewrite cells and the other being the vehicle or adjuvant used to deliver the new code into the cells. SV40 or simian virus 40, which causes cancer, is one such adjuvant used in COVID jabs that renders them wildly unsafe. When the jabs themselves are being made, they are essentially distilled from DNA particles down into the mRNA that is in the shots, Renz writes. It appears that the DNA used to create these mRNA particles is SV40. I say this because we keep finding SV40 in the vials and also because it is a natural fit for the jab. If Big Pharma so easily lied about these shots being mRNA, when the, in, when the reality is that they are actually mod RNA, it is not uh, wild speculation to assume that the pharmaceutical industry also intentionally allowed modified SV40 DNA to also exist inside COVID jab vials, despite not being labeled and approved as such. Yeah, but it's been found there. Concerning the food supply, there are a number of DNA vaccines for animals that are already being injected into cows, chickens, pigs, and other animals consumed by humans. Based on what we know concerning the negative effects of these DNA vaccines, once inside their mammalian hosts, it only makes sense that humans are effectively eating mod RNA, including DNA and RNA fragments in meat. Choosing only certified organic meat in this case will not necessarily protect you and your family, because of a loophole in the Organic Food Act of the United States that allows food animals given genetically modified vaccines to still be labeled organic. In light of the fact that the good people at Big Pharma have worked so hard to create transmissible vaccines that can survive through the food supply, we need to ask ourselves whether there are any ulterior motives here. <laughs> Renz writes, <laughs> you think? Oh, my goodness. And that's the end of the article. But, uh, yeah. And uh, don't think that if you're a vegan, you're okay. Because guess what? <laughs> They're doing it in veggies, too. Um, let's see here. Ah, that's what I wanted. They had a bunch of other things. They had uh, One of the words they had was frankenfood. And when I clicked on that, <laughs> it brought up a whole new page tagged under frankenfood. Studies confirm that high sugar diet is correlated to an increased risk of cancer. Yeah, because sugar feeds cancer. Study, more Americans ditched turkey for fast food on Thanksgiving. Imagine that. Instead of having turkey on Thanksgiving, they're buying pizzas and burgers and crap like that. Good grief. <laughs> Study, 
Regular consumption of fast food linked to fatty liver disease. Why not? You know, because you're consuming fast food, you're nutrient deficient, you don't have what you need to keep your uh, liver functioning properly. And uh, it's an easy thing to develop. It's also an easy thing to get rid of. You know, I had a buddy that uh, he was in his 80s. Well, he was 79 or 80 when it happened, but he went to the VA and they said, you got fatty liver disease. And he was already taking longevity supplements. And I said, all we got to do is increase your selenium. And we threw an extra couple bottles a month in. And the next time he went back, which was about six months later, your liver's fine. Nothing wrong. No more fatty liver. We can't figure it out. <laughs> but he knew. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Beyond Meat struggles to address declining sales. Oh, ain't that a problem? People will always choose real over fake. Not necessarily. You go to the grocery store and watch the uh, dairy case and see all the people that uh, bypass the butter and pick up margarine. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> I can. It's crap. It's poison. But people buy that garbage because they're idiot doctors. Tell them butter is bad. It's saturated fat. You need the hydrogenated veggie fats. Yeah, like margarine. No, thank you. Anyway, absurd. Study recommends placing warning labels on meat to reduce UK meat consumption and achieve net zero goals. Oh, good grief. Fake meat food bubble is bursting. Beyond Meat slashes revenue outlook plans to cut jobs. Can't wait for them to go out of business. The sooner the better. Keeping it real, Italy's the first to become a nation to ban fake meat. Good for them. California, Skittles ban. Ooh. Prompts call to ban other cancer-causing food additives already banned in Europe. <laughs> Herbicide in every bite. Oh, goody. Glyphosate detected in 100% of U.S. fast food brands tested. Okay, let's take a look at that one. Ooh. The herbicide glyphosate, known for causing serious health issues, has been detected in 100% of food samples taken from the top 20 fast food brands in the United States. The shocking find was uncovered by the Fast Food Testing Program backed by Moms Across America, or MAA, and its affiliates, including Children's Health Defense. MAA spent four, sent 42 samples from the 21 brands to the Iowa-based Health Research Institute in their original packaging, untouched and frozen. The HRI then tested the samples for glyphosate alongside 236 agrochemicals, four heavy metals, PFAS, phthalates, mineral content, and 104 commonly used veterinary drugs and hormones, B vitamins, and calories. <laughs> Summary of notable testing results in October on in an October 11th press release, MAA reported some notable results for the glyphosate and pesticides testing. HRI found the following during glyphosate testing of food samples: 100% of the 20 fast food brands contained alarming glyphosate residues. Ew, Panera Bread. A self-proclaimed proprietor of good food and clean, wholesome foods contained the highest levels of glyphosate in two samples. Arby's sandwiches came in second-highest levels. Dairy Queen and Little Caesars were nearly tied for third-highest levels of total glyphosate detected. Meals from Chipotle. Ooh, 
one of the fast food restaurants to advertise non-GMO and organic ingredients were found to have the lowest levels, which is 94.4 times lower than the highest levels detected in Panera Bread. Well, that's good, but it's still got the stuff in it. Meals from Panda Express and McDonald's were the next lowest levels. Meanwhile, the laboratory noted these observations during pesticide testing. 90% of fast food brands contained at least trace levels of 27 different kinds of harmful pesticides. Domino's and Pizza Hut pizzas were found to have the highest levels of pesticides. Chipotle, In-N-Out, and Panera Bread all had either trace or detectable levels, concern, uh, detectable and concerning levels of pesticides. According to a uh, study published in the journal Toxicology Reports, chronic toxicity caused by long-duration exposures to pesticides to even low doses of oral consumption can become evident much later as chronic diseases, including asthma, cancer, congenital defects, dermatitis and endocrine disorders in immunotoxicity, neurobehavioral disorders, and reproductive dysfunctions. Some of the more commonly found pesticides detected in, food, in the food samples that are more harmful than others were boscolid, don't know about that one, side effects include changes in the liver and the thyroid based on animal studies according to HAZMAP, um, Clothionidin. <laughs> Side effects include lethargy, reduced movement, and loss of balance, followed by spasms and respiratory distress, according to the publication Emerging Aquatic Contaminants. Dimethylate. Side effects include diarrhea, headache, loss of coordination, muscle twitching, nausea, vomiting, and oh, death. Potential damage to developing fetuses. Personality changes, including anxiety, depression, or irritability, and possible damage to the nervous system, according to the New Jersey Department of Health. Fenperoximate side effects include arrhythmia, bradycardia, central nervous system depression, and respiratory distress, convulsions, incoordination, nausea, or vomiting, based on a study published in the journal Clinical Case Reports. I'm a daclopid. Side effects include breathlessness, confusion, dizziness, eye or skin irritation, and vomiting. May develop tremors, experience trouble walking, and seem overly tired, according to the National Pesticide Information Center. Indoxicarb. Side effects include chocolate brown mucous membranes, cyanosis, uh, dys dyspnea, and lethargy, according to the book titled Insect Resistance Management. <laughs> uh, Primaphos methyl. This pesticide can cause blurred vision, coma, convulsions, diarrhea, dizziness, headache, uh, muscle twitching, nausea and vomiting, sweating, tightness in the chest, or, and even death, warns the New Jersey Department of Health. Pyroclostrobin. This pesticide interferes, inhibits, or destroys the endocrine immune system and nervous systems of animals and humans, according to the book titled New Generation Green Solvents for Separation and Preconcentration of Organic and Inorganic Species. Say that three times fast. 
tricyclozone. This chemical can moderate dizziness, nausea and vomiting, respiratory failure, and death, according to the book titled Paper-Based Analytical Devices for Chemical Analysis and Diagnostics. MAA founder and executive director Zen Honeycutt said, The levels of glyphosate and pesticides found in these popular fast food brands may be a significant contributing factor to the rise of liver disease and organ damage in America. You think? StopEatingPoison.com has more about glyphosate in the food supply. And we got a video here that explains why nasty chemicals can't be washed off from various produce. Another reason to do the carnivore diet because you don't eat produce <laughs> let's see here um, let me get the sharing set up and here goes the video welcome to the next episode of poison in your food dr darren wayne here your food scientist also known as the food guru and this episode is brought to you by nobetics.com the last place on earth you can actually eat clean so, why can't you wash off all the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and especially the GMOs? Because all the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and GMOs are inside all the fibers of the plant. They are literally saturated. When you spray the soil with pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, or grow GMO seeds, Sunlight forces the poison to bind with the plant at a genetic level. That's why you can't wash it off, no matter how hard you scrub. The only way to avoid most of the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and GMOs is to stop buying their conventional produce. Is organic produce better? Yes, it is better, but... Organic produce has never been 100% pesticide-free, herbicide-free, fungicide-free, and definitely has never been 100% GMO-free. And organic produce is even less organic now than it was just five years ago. But it is still technically less contaminated than conventional produce. And you see how shiny the produce looks? That's because they now coat most produce with an invisible layer of what they call wax, but it's actually a petroleum-based resin, which, of course, soaks into the produce, contaminating it further. Seriously, what's the point of even buying organic these days? And here's the proof. I had to zoom in very close just to see it. They make the print very small. They could care less how much they contaminate any of the produce you buy. Just as long as they can extend the shelf life. And you see here in the small print, coated with food grade vegetable petroleum beeswax and or stilac based wax or resin to maintain freshness. This is hard to find because they even rarely put this on their bags. Are you ready to fight back? They've been poisoning you your whole life, so hopefully, yes, you are. Join me at Mimetics.com and let's experience, finally, real food 
that's 100% clean. I'll see you there. Yowzer. So known as, so known as the oh, food guru. This thing won't stop. Um, yeah, it's getting harder and harder and harder. And of course, now it's it's bad enough that they, you know, he has this thing about the petroleum and beeswax and whatever based uh, shellac stuff they put on called wax. But now, thanks to our buddy Bill Gates, we have appeal. And that's spelled A-P-E-E-L, which is a toxic chemical that they put on that you cannot get off. And it's designed to, again, extend the shelf life of produce. And many, many, many uh, food chains, including Kroger, I believe, um, Whole Foods, and several others are starting to use this stuff. So you got to watch very closely to make sure that it does not have the appeal coding. Again, A-P-E-E-L, because that stuff is... uh, damaging uh in many different ways and next to impossible to get off you can't you can you know unless you've got the right chemicals (laughs) they put a chemical on and the only way to get the chemical off is with other chemicals how do you like that um no amount of scrubbing will get the stuff off and it takes a special chemical uh solvent i guess to get rid of it and even that is probably dangerous as well so uh the best thing to do stop eating produce (laughs) you know you're not going to just because you're not eating that stuff it's still going to show up in the meat that you eat but at least you're going to eliminate a major vector that's getting the stuff into your body because a lot of this all the produce out there you know with meats they refrigerate they freeze and that thing and they pretty much keep it longer but when it comes to produce they've got to protect it from air and that's what these, all these, the waxes and all the other things do. And there's no getting around it. And virtually everybody's using that stuff now. And uh, just bad news. So go, go carnivore. Yeah. <laughs> Eat tasty meats. Um, I had uh, my other uh, freezer burn steak last night. And I did it. It was sous vide while I was on the show yesterday and finished it off i took it out of the uh, cooker at about 4 4 30 and um, threw it in a skillet uh, with some bacon grease and butter seared it up and uh, you never would have known that thing had been frozen for a couple of years it was it was really pretty good uh, and i think my wife threw them both in the trash the other day i had to dig them out <laughs> they were still in the packaging <laughs> but um and uh, had uh, six ounces of bacon along with it Mm, that was good and some cottage cheese quite tasty dinner but uh yeah it's uh it's getting harder and harder they're they're trying to poison us every strep stretch strep any anyway they're trying to kill us (laughs) let's see what else excessive consumption of bad carbs increases risk of cancer yeah and they show all these cookies and muffins and rolls and chips and everything. All this stuff is made of grains that convert into sugar, which feed cancer. Not to mention all the chemicals that are in besides that cause cancer, too. So you got the can- cancer-causing chemicals and then the cancer-feeding sugars 
that uh, people are just shoveling down their gullet. Imagine that. And they're surprised when they end up with cancer. Poor Filipinos surviving on repurposed leftover food from garbage dumps called Pag Pag. Ew. Yowzer. Well, let's see what some of these folks may have to go through in other parts of the world. While most Westerners cringe at the thought of eating food picked up from dumpsters, many poor Filipinos don't shy away from doing so and even recook them to make Pag Pag. P-A-G-P-A-G. The Filipino word pagpag literally means to clean off and shake off dirt. Wow. But for Filipinos living below the poverty line, the word often means affordable sustenance. According to the COVID blog, 7 in 10 Filipinos cannot afford nutritious food, if you can even find it, while 42% cannot afford to feed themselves adequately daily calories. An October 2018 article by India Today outlined the process of making Pag Pag. Groups making this food item hire two to three Pag Pag collectors, paying them as low as $6 a day. These collectors scour garbage piles and trash cans all over the capital, Manila, collecting leftover food. Oftentimes, chicken from homegrown fast food chain Jollibee and foreign joints like KFC and McDonald's are picked up. In some instances, burgers with a few bites are also included. The Pag Pag collectors then remove all the dirt from the meat by washing it twice. Bones and other unwanted elements are removed before the meat is packed in a plastic bag and sold to potential clients. One bag of Pag Pag costs between 20 uh, and 30 Philippine pesos, which is 35 to 53 cents U.S., India Today shared that one cook in the uh, Carandiria or eatery at the uh, Tonado suburb in the city of Manila would use the bags of Pag Pag to cook a, a traditional Filipino dishes such as caldereta, meat stew, or adobo, meat cooked in vinegar and soy sauce, and leftover chicken from fast food restaurants would be used as the main ingredient. Pag Pag can be either uh, either be eaten immediately or later, the outlet said, describing the repurposed leftovers as a daily staple food of some poor communities. Everyone who is consuming this food knows where it's from, and they're not afraid to even feed it to one-year-old baby. A Pag Pag vendor even claims that no one has ever died from eating it. Yet. <laughs> it's a slow kill rather than a fast kill, probably. Pag-Pag exposes Filipinos to several health risks. The dumps from where Pag-Pag is picked up are often filled with rodents. Health risks include ingestion of poisons, toxins, and foodborne illnesses. India Today noted the uh, outlet also cited the Philippine National Anti-Poverty Commission's uh, perennial warning against eating Pag-Pag due to the risk of malnutrition and contracting diseases such as hepatitis A, typhoid fever, diarrhea, and cholera. But poor Filipinos live hand-to-mouth. They have no other choice, and Pag-Pag is better than eating nothing at all. With the kind of life we live, this helps a lot, one slum resident told Reuters. When you buy a bag of Pag-Pag worth a few pesos, you can already feed uh, one whole family. But for the COVID blog, 
The pag-pag phenomenon seen in the Philippines is something that will soon come to the West. The site owner also pointed out that thanks to pag-pag, Filipinos won't have a difficult time accepting entomorphology, in other words, eating bugs, and consumption of insects as food. <laughs> we know the powers that can be, uh, we know the powers that be, and are already forcing people to eat bugs or starve in many parts of the world. Their propaganda, high protein and good for the environment, is disseminated to convince Westerners to eat insects, the COVID blog noted. The latest bug food is made out of crickets in Finland. Then there's all the Bill Gates frankenfoods like lab-grown meat, now, which comes from cancer cells. <laughs> now they are making ice cream and other foods out of plastic waste bottles. Oh, good. <laughs> The site owner uh, concluded PagPag is here to stay in the Philippines, at least until the bug ma food mandates are implemented. Oh, my goodness. And uh, here is a little video about it. stop that because it's just music with subtitles but yeah <laughs> it's crazy farm raised or not farm raised lab raised stuff <laughs> bored with cockroach milk and mealworm paste Ooh. oh my goodness i don't even want to talk about that stuff it's getting crazier and crazier and crazier Studies show ultra-processed foods put millions of people at the, in the U.K. at risk for cardiovascular disease. CDC warns of rare flesh-eating bacteria that has killed five in Florida, two in Connecticut, and one in New York. Sugary drink a day could increase your risk of chronic liver disease and liver cancer. Listeria outbreak linked to milkshakes sold at Frugal's Tacoma. Causes three deaths, six hospitalizations. Stay away from them fast food places. Clean food watch. Six foods that are likely to be contaminated with heavy metals. <laughs> Probably just about everything. Beware. USDA allows genetically engineered vaccines to infiltrate organic food production. Skittles panders to black Americans while selling them prepackaged diabetes. Oh, yummy. <laughs> Pack of uh, Skittles contains 45 grams of sugar, the equivalent of 11 teaspoons. 11 teaspoons. Imagine shoving a spoon into a bag of sugar and eating 11 teaspoons without vomiting. <laughs> Mars Wrigley, the company that makes Skittles, manages to sell a colorful concoction containing 45 grams of sugar that won't make you vomit. That's good news. Oh, boy. And how many people just love those things? The bad news is that consuming excess amounts will dramatically increase your risk of diabetes, cancer, and other diseases. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, black Americans are 60% more likely than whites to be diagnosed with diabetes. 
What does this have to do with Skittles? Mars recently released a new version of Skittles with the phrase Black Trans Lives Matter on the packaging. That's good enough for me to avoid Skittles forever. Of course, I've never eaten them anyway, but... Type 2 diabetes is attributed to lifestyle choices and genetics. Bull crap. (laughs) It's eating too much sugar and not having the nutrition to process it. Both of which influence the prevalence of the condition across various demographics. These rational and facet-based explanations make the left squirm and offer no opportunity to demonize their political opponents. So they're blaming all the differences in diabetes rates on racism. Mars is a decidedly left-wing company, but oddly enough, it isn't at the least bit concerned about its sugar-laden products contributing to uh, to alarming rates of, uh, of diabetes among black Americans. Of course not. They're making money. That's all they care. When your products are primarily contributors to the obesity and diabetes epidemics, you can rightfully point out that nobody is forced to consume candy or other unhealthy food. Yeah, but when you advertise it all day long on TV and you put it out there for people, they will take it. As a defender of free markets, I embrace this thinking, but if you sell nutritionally defunct garbage that causes some of your customers to become sick with life-threatening illnesses, What you cannot do is claim to be uniquely virtuous and deeply concerned about the well-being of your customers, especially when your own flawed logic suggests your products are exacerbating so-called health inequities. (laughs) There's nothing evil about selling candy, as many people enjoy it in moderation, but there is something cynical and evil about playing on the emotions of black Americans by way of racial advertising as you sell them products you know will be severely detrimental to their health. Mars is supposedly, supposedly still a candy and food company, but you won't know that if you visited the Instagram page of Mars Global, which is dedicated entirely to pro- promoting left-wing causes, Mars is also a maker of what used to be called Uncle Ben's Rice until the company removed Uncle Ben from the box and rebranded it as Ben's Rice. (laughs) Good grief. At the time, Mars issued a statement saying, we've listened, we've learned, we're changing. Considering this was three years ago, I think it's safe to say that refusing to sell junk food that drives the epidemic of diabetes was not part of Mars' newfound enlightenment. Mars is not alone. Other corporations selling equally harmful food products have, cl- have chimed in to demonstrate their faux mortality and supposed obsession with the plight of black America and other minorities. James Quincy, CEO of Coca-Cola, was apparently devastated over Georgia's voting law that passed a couple of years ago, suggesting it was unacceptable and a step backwards. Opponents of the law claimed that it was intended to attack the voting rights of black Americans. Their reasoning goes something like this. If a law is uh, disproportionately affects a group of people, it is by default problematic. By that logic, laws against murder are problematic. <laughs> Quincy believes that requiring a photo ID to vote is unacceptable because, according to people like him, black Americans can't figure out how to get an idea. 
On the other hand, Quincy finds it totally acceptable to sell a product that, by its own logic, disproportionately affects the health of the very people he claims to care about, as blacks are more likely than whites to consume sugary drinks. Like most corporations, Coca-Cola has an entire section of its website dedicated to cliché sloganeering, replete with left-wing buzzwords that together are the language of America's credentialed but increasingly dim-witted corporate leading class, leadership class. Coca-Cola wants to make it clear that they really, really care about minorities. They know who their customers are, and because they know black Americans are more likely than white Americans to consume sugary drinks, they demonstrate their commitment to racial equity by including only the most wholesome ingredients, such as high fructose corn syrup and caramel color. I know what you're thinking. It's too good to be true. They must be compensating by skimping on the sugar. Nope, one 20-ounce bottle is packed with 130% of your recommended daily sugar intake. Kellogg's, maker of some of America's favorite sugary breakfast cereals, also dedicates its portion of its website to preaching about their morals, stating that they are making sure tangible and intangible barriers are removed to ensure our company's practices in the workplace, marketplace, and communities are best in class. It's unclear what these tangible barriers might be, we are, to, uh, we are to assume Kellogg's was forcing a certain employees to work while literally chained to a desk or while trapped in some sort of enclosure. Who writes this stuff? <laughs> the landing page of <coughs> excuse me, Kellogg's website brags about being one of the original plant-based well-being companies. Oh, geez. This implication being that uh, that eating meat is so evil that Anything that is not meat is by default worthy of admiration. As sellers of a plant-based product, Big Tobacco will be thrilled with this news. You may recall that Quaker Oats, under the umbrella of PepsiCo, was feeling guilty about Aunt Jemima syrup a few years ago and decided to finally do something about it. What kept them up at night wasn't the fact that their syrup is nothing more than lab-created ooze laced with harmful ingredients, that have nothing in common with actual maple syrup, that part they uh, were fine with. What upset them was the racist imagery featured on the bottle. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but my quick math shows that approximately three black people in America had Aunt Jemima syrup on their list of concerns, and something like 10 million white leftists were having nervous breakdowns over it. Whether it's Mars putting Black Trans Lives Matter on a package or, or the rebranding of rice and syrup, these choices are nothing more than a symbolic sleight of hand intended to appease the neurotic activists within, the outside, within and outside these organizations while exempting themselves from their own ideological standards. These objectives have nothing to do with helping black Americans and everything to do with leftists making themselves feel better. A contemporary theory suggests that this type of corporate wokeism is intended to improve ESG scores by impressing the likes of BlackRock and Vanguard, which in many cases is probably true. But we should not overemphasize this factor. Leftists in corporate America predates ESG, 
and even smaller privately held companies that have no ESG score will peddle left-wing nonsense with the same vigor. While some corporations have bled bottom lines by giving into ideological impulses, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Mars cares more about its sugar empire than they care about black lives. As Homer Simpson famously said, first you get the sugar, then you get the power. And Mars guards its sugar pile with the vigilance of Homer while hoping their increasingly sick customers don't notice that it was accumulated at the expense of their health. <laughs> Not bad. But if you eat that stuff, it ain't going to be good for you. Ooh, Listeria outbreak linked to recalled ice cream cups feared to have spread in 20 states. Oh, yummy. Food and Drug Administration, or other also known as the Federal Death Administration, and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the COVID Death Cult, are investigating an outbreak of Listeria, monocytogenes infections. The outbreak likely rev- uh, linked to real kosher ice cream soft serve on the on-the-go ice cream cups is feared to have spread in 20 U.S. states. Epidemiologic and traceback data shows that as of August 10th, two people have been hospitalized in New York State and Pennsylvania after eating the brand's vanilla chocolate ice cream and getting sick, said the CDC. Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture collected the, an unopened sample from an ill person's home and found it positive for L monocytogenes or Listeria. The Brooklyn-based Real Kosher Ice Cream, meanwhile, has been cooperating with the FDA and has voluntarily recalled all flavors of the ice cream linked to the outbreak. Soft serve on-the-go vanilla chocolate, soft serve on-the-go razzle, soft serve on-the-go caramel, soft serve on-the-go parv vanilla chocolate, soft serve on-the-go sorbet strawberry mango, and soft serve light peanut butter. Ew. All products are made uh, made until August 4th are being recalled. The company also has temporarily stopped production and distribution of these products as FDA has the company continue their investigation as to what caused the problem. Soft Serve On The Go has been sold in canteens, conveniences, and in grocery stores, and served in camps, nursing homes, and schools in Washington, D.C., California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Illinois, Massachusetts, Maryland, Minnesota, Montana, North Carolina, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. The ice cream has also been distributed outside the U.S. to Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Mexico, and the U.K., the CDC said. L-monocytogenes is a pathogen responsible for food poisoning. The patents or the patients suffered from uh, listeriosis, a potentially dangerous sickness brought on by the bacterium L-monocytogenes. Uh, cytogenes. Uh, consuming tainted food across uh, exposes people to the microorganism. The risk of serious illness and death from listeria infection is highest in newborns people over 65, and people with compromised immune systems and pregnant women. People who get sick with listeria infection can develop a fever. They may get sick to their stomach and have muscle aches, a headache, stiff neck, confusion, and loss of balance, and they could go into convulsions, seizures, or die. 
kind of like flu-like symptoms. For women who are pregnant, listeria infection can cause miscarriages, stillbirths, and premature birth. An estimated 1,600 Americans get listeriosis each year, and about 260 die, according to the CDC data. Nothing anywhere near as bad as taking a COVID jab. Many people, especially if they're not in one of the high-risk groups, recover from listeriosis without medical care and don't get tested for all monocytogenes, the CDC said. The CDC added that investigations of such outbreaks takes time. The true number of sick people and the outbreak uh, is likely higher than the number reported, and the outbreak may not be limited to the states with known illnesses. The CDC um, emphasized that people should refrain from consuming soft-serve on-the-go ice cream cups while the investigation is ongoing. Any of these products that are in the people's home should be thrown away or returned to the store for a refund because L-monocytogenes can live in sub-freezing temperatures. Hospitals, businesses, and long-term care facilities in particular should be mindful not to sell or serve ice cream cups. After consuming ice cream, consumers must seek immediate medical attention if they experience any symptoms of listeriosis such as confusion, fatigue, fever, headaches, loss of balance, muscle aches, stiff necks, or seizures. Listeria symptoms often appear two weeks after consuming contaminated food. However, they might occasionally appear as soon as that day or as late as 10 weeks later. Yowser, yowser, yowser. And uh, is listeria causing the hospitalization surges? I credit Dr. Artis and the prisoner for saving my partner's life. Thank you. Let's see what this little thing is about. Quebec's bold new move to convince people to get the shot. If you don't get vaccinated, stay home. Didn't take long for Omicron to push COVID case counts to unprecedented levels. And now what's unprecedented is the number of COVID patients in Canada's hospitals. Just as tens of thousands of workers needed to care for them are off sick. COVID hospitalizations in this country hit record levels this week, surpassing every previous peak of the pandemic. And there's no sign of when this will stop. The pressure on ICUs is rising more gradually, but it has already surpassed the peak of the first wave and approaching levels seen last fall. More than 700 patients are critically ill, the majority at this point in Ontario and Quebec. New Jersey salad products sold under the Fresh Express private labels have been recalled in 19 states, including New Jersey because of possible contamination with listeria monocytogens, an organism that can cause serious or fatal illnesses among vulnerable populations. Streamwood, Illinois-based Fresh Express said its products were distributed to retailers in Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Dakota. Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island and Wisconsin, as well as in the Canadian provinces of Ontario and Manitoba. They were sold under Fresh Express and the following labels. Bowling Basket. Giant Eagle. Little Salad Bar. Market District. Market Side. Organics. Signature Farms. Simply Nature. Weiss Fresh from the Field.
Wellesley Farms Healthy people who eat listeria-contaminated products typically experience no or only short-term symptoms, including a high fever, severe headache, stiffness, nausea, abominable pain and diarrhea. It also may cause miscarriage or stillbirth among pregnant women. Serious and sometimes fatal infections can occur in young children, frail or older people, and others with weakened immune systems. The company issued the voluntary recall after the Michigan Department of Agriculture received a positive result for Listeria monocytogens in a random sample test of a single package of Fresh Express. 9-ounce Sweetheart Salad Mix manufactured at the company's Streamwood, Illinois, facility. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has reported 10 illnesses associated with the salad products. Anyone who has one of the recalled products should discard it. To obtain a refund or for more information, consumers may call the Fresh Express Consumer Response Center at 800-242-5472 between 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And there is the ending, apparently. <laughs> oh, my goodness. More reasons not to eat anything but meat. <laughs> my partner was diagnosed with COVID and pneumonia and prescribed remdesivir, two antibiotics, doxycycline, and cestorexone, given Lovamox instead of Berlanta as a blood thinner. Other pharmacy problems, the COPD medication, which dealt with. Uh, anyway. Enough of that. Um, food is a real problem because you got to eat and they're poisoning everything. What's a, what's a mother to do, as they say? But uh, anyway, let's jump back in here and see what else is going on. Depopulation being accelerated to catch up with rapid AI advancements that will replace humans. Oh, man. Millions of people with natural immunity were given COVID jabs due to baseless CDC recommendations that lack supporting data. Yeah, that's what happens. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6. Mass bank branch closures and troubled real estate sector point to impending U.S. financial crisis. Ooh. German farmers, Ukraine's accession to the EU would destroy family farming and food markets with cheap crops. People need to keep their word. They said Ukraine would not be part of NATO. <laughs> well, they're talking about EU, but anyway. A uh, systematic takedown and takeover U.S. banking system is already happening. No surprise there. Spike protein syndrome still in full effect two years later, yet most of the injected masses have no clue what's happening to them. Yeah, they're just sick and dying like crazy, but the doctor says it couldn't possibly be the COVID jab, so we don't know what's causing it. Not one single person injected with a Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 vaccine can figure out what is happening to their body, brain, and overall functioning, and neither can their doctors. Millions of protein prions created by mRNA technology have invaded their vascular system, their cleansing organs, their reproductive organs, and their brains. 
and the symptoms of spike protein syndrome, or SPS, range from minor and recurring to massive, deadly, including sudden, unexplainable death. Medical doctors cannot dare mention it if they can even get their own heads around it, as the medical industrial complex tells them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, and to do nothing else. This involves billions of dollars daily in diagnostic testing, food or blood work, more vaccines, and deadly prescription drugs that still only address the symptoms, never the root cause. Yes, SPS, spike protein syndrome, is sweeping the nation and the world like a pandemic, and the injected sheeple and their doctors are all like ostriches with their heads buried in the sand. Welcome to the gain-of-function pandemic with 270 million Americans involved in the biggest medical experiment of our age. Over 250 million Americans are guinea pigs in Big Pharma's ultimate inside job. New studies reveal that more than half of all COVID-19 vax sheeple feel sick to uh, up to at least a whole year later and their quality of life is significantly declined due directly to the wuhan virus stabs <laughs> excuse me follow the bouncing ball covid 19 vaccine recipients are suffering needlessly from health complications from spike proteins and graphene nanoparticles being created relentlessly by their mrna pro reprogrammed cells and this clogs the clots and clots their vascular system, straining their heart. Plus, the vaccine or the virus-mimicking protein prions invade their cleansing organs and their brain, sending the immune system into shock, telling it to attack those vital organs and kill the parasites. But the parasites are now created by their own body every minute, every hour, every day, possibly forever. Yes, a study published in Science Direct just this month examines the PCVS post-COVID vaccine syndrome to assess these people's quality of life, and the news was grim, to say the least. But it gets worse. The quality of life of those suffering from post-COVID vax syndrome got worse after 12 months. Those who were ignorant enough to take the COVID booster shots at the gain-of-function Fauci, highly recommended, had far higher PCVS than N everyone else. It gets spooky, too. PCVS debilitating health conditions are very similar to long-term COVID. Could it be the peptides from the snake venom? Mm, possibly. That would explain all the miscarriages of pregnant women who got jabbed and people experiencing hallucinations and major organ failure. Time for all the naysayers to check the Venom Tech website for more information about medicine made from deadly venoms, including these so-called COVID vaccinations that aren't really vaccines at all. Many perfectly healthy people are rushing to the hospital with sharp shooting pains in their brain that nobody can explain, including their doctors, who all seem even more confused after exhaustive and extensive diagnostic testing. Others suffer swelling of the heart muscle and sudden, rare blood clots that aren't even made of blood. Just white, rubbery stuff with heavy metals in it. Hence the nanoparticles chelating. Many others suffer from relentless lethargy, having no energy or motivation to even keep living their lives. Lives that they enjoyed before they got the COVID jabs. 
It's important to note that no financial or interpersonal conflicts have affected the study results, and that is one reason you won't see this vital information published via mainstream media, including being searchable via Google. Still, the National Library of Medicine analyzed over 80 articles confirming cardiovascular complications in over 17,000 people who got stuck with the mRNA prion-creating jab. And that includes nearly 300 folks uh, dying from it. Eek. Yeah. Speaking of that, the gentleman um, in New Zealand who everybody's probably heard about now, a guy named uh, Barry Young, who was in charge of the record-keeping for the COVID jabs in New Zealand, uh, went live last week with um, some rather damning news about the New Zealand government covering up, you know, having full knowledge of these uh, people dying like crazy from the jabs. He actually had the, the lot numbers, uh, the number of people that got jabbed with each lot number, and the number of people that dead from each lot number. And it was some pretty monstrous numbers. And, uh, of course, on Sunday, his house was raided and he was arrested and basically charged with some kind of, you know, stealing information and disinformation, you know, given given the truth out to the people who owned the data in the first place. But, of course, you know, when the government's corrupt and crooked and criminal, they don't want anybody to know what's going on, and they act like the data is theirs rather than the people's. And, of course, they charge them criminally. He'll probably uh, end up doing the twist in prison, you know, a.k.a. Uh, once his chops, uh, uh, Epstein. <laughs> but you never know. But he is being or has been released on bond, which is good. Um, but you never know. And his attorney slash, uh, I forget what else she does, but she's on the run because they're trying to arrest her too. <laughs> oh, man. CDC report, U.S. suicide rates hit all-time high in 2022. Gee, you think? With the number of people that are having uh, crap from the jabs, and they don't see any end in sight. Their lives are basically destroyed. They can't get any help anywhere. Doctors don't know what's going on. You know, I can't say I blame them, really. Data based on more than 99% of all 2022 deaths, rec death records received by and processed by the National Center for Health Statistics as of August 6th provision, uh, provisionally showed that nearly 50,000 people in the U.S. lost their lives through intentional self-harm or suicide. The provisional number of 49,999 suicides was 3% higher than the final total of 48,183 in 2021. The suicide rate increased by 1% in 2022 to more than 14.3 deaths per 100,000 from 14.1 deaths per 100,000 in 2021, making this the highest number ever recorded since NCHS had began compiling statistics in 1941. Agency researchers noted that the final count of death by suicide would likely be higher, as additional death certificates with pending causes of death typically require investigations of circumstances surrounding the deaths before the causes are determined to be suicides. Male suicides increased by 2%, 
from 38,358 in 2021 to 39,255 in 2022, while the number of female suicides increased by 4% from 9,825 in 2021 to 10,194 in 2022. The provisional number of male suicides in 2022 was nearly four times that of the female suicides. Suicide rates for all age groups 35 years and older increased from 3% in 2021 to 9% in 2022, with significant increases for those aged 35 to 44, from 18.1 to 18.7, aged uh, 45 to 54, from 18.2 to 19.2, aged 55 to 64, 17% to 18.5, and aged 75 and older, from 20.3 to 21.3. In contrast, suicide rates for all age groups 10 to 34 years increased from 2021 to 2022, aged uh, 10 to 14 by 18%, 15 to 25 by 9%, and 25 uh, 25 to 24. (laughs) I think they got a little bit of mix up there, probably 34, uh, by 2%. The authors pointed out that this seemed to be the only good news from the report released by the National Vital Statistics System. Good grief. Most age groups of men 35 and older experienced increases with significant increases among those aged 45 to 54 and 55 to 64. All age groups for females 25 and older experienced increases with a significant increase for those aged 25 to 34. America's mental health crisis. Mental health experts said that the report reflected broad struggles to help people in mental distress following the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic that killed more than a million in the U.S. Bull crap didn't kill nobody in the U.S. It was the medical treatment system that killed them. <laughs> you know, most of them anyway. Very few would have died from the disease itself if they hadn't gone to the hospital. But, you know, that's what they were told to do. So willing little lemmings, they ran off the cliff. Radically impacted the economy and left many afraid, lonely, and socially isolated. Psychologist Dr. Jeffrey Leichter at Stanford Health said, there was a rupture in our economic health and social fabric, and we're still experiencing the after effects of that. Yeah, people don't trust this stuff anymore. And an increasing shortness of health workers uh, and the traffic of, of illegal, illegal drugs, illegal drugs, abuse substances, uh, dangerous drugs, designer drugs, fake dope, have facilitated the rise in suicides as well, uh, experts added. Federal data showed that mental health care had become harder to find than before the pandemic, and about half of people in the U.S. live in an area without access to mental health professionals. Supplement with minerals. (laughs) The steadily increasing suicides during the 21st century have prompted U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy to issue a call to action in 2021 on the National Strategy for Suicide Prevention and a Youth and Mental Health Advisory, ABC News reported. And it won't have any positive effects at all, I'm sure. In July last year, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Substance Abuse, and Mental Health Services launched a three-digit 
or 988 Suicide and Health Crisis Line, or Crisis Health Line, excuse me. According to federal data, since its launch, 988 Lifeline Network centers have received about 7 million calls, chats, and texts, including more than 50,000 in September alone. Researchers in a study published in the journal JAMA Network Open indicated that about 6% of some 5,000 respondents reported using 988 when they were experiencing serious psychological distress. And about a third of them said they would use it again in the future because they're going to have more trouble. (laughs) And here's a little uh, video talking about it. Now with America's favorite doctor, Dr. Jan, and she's looking at a pretty alarming statistic. U.S. suicides hit an all-time high last year. You guys, just under 50,000 Americans died by suicide last year. That is thought to be the highest rate since the dawn of World War II. Um, And, you know, you guys know that I lost my ex-husband to suicide in 2017. Um, He was a physician. There are certain groups at higher risk than others, veterans, physicians, um, LGBTQ youth. What we do know is that we have got to reverse this trend before someone becomes a statistic. And we also know that the people who die by suicide leave behind an incredibly uh, significant wake of trauma and grief. For every suicide death, it's estimated that 135 people are directly affected. If you do that math, that's over six and a half million Americans every single year who are personally affected by a suicide death of a loved one. So, you know, just as we prioritize, you know, cardiac health and cancer prevention, we need to start thinking about mental health in the same way. And you've been a voice for the families that have been left behind. I know it hasn't been easy, but you've been making sure that you speak up. I mean, I think that's our mission, my children and I, but you know, we oftentimes say, just as we teach kids, if you see a burning building, call 911, now we have to teach them to call the suicide text line. And if you're experiencing suicidal thoughts, substance use, or other mental health crises, please call or text the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can reach a trained crisis counselor for free, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also go to 988lifeline.org. Well, hey there, GMA fans. Robin Roberts here. Thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Lots of great stuff here, so go on. Obie Sad situation, but it's happening. There was another one. I gotta see if I can find it here. Um, ah, spotless Christian teacher fired for spilling school's dark secret. A school in Ludlow, Massachusetts, is now facing a ten million dollar lawsuit brought by a teacher who was fired for talking with parents about their child. Actions that school officials wildly claimed was a conduct of becoming a teacher. That's interesting. Most parents want to talk to their teachers about the kids. It is the organization Mass Resistance that has the latest report on war by the school against traditional ideas and morals. Bonnie Manchester had a spotless record in 23 years as a teacher at Baird Middle School. I would say that probably gave her tenure. (laughs) Anyway, she laid it uh, all on the line when she saw what was happening to vulnerable children. The organization reported, Bonnie Manchester is a Christian middle school teacher who was fired from her job in 2021. Her crime was informing a father and mother 
that school officials were referring their daughter as referring to their daughter as a boy and keeping it secret from them. Oh, <laughs> it goes right along with the uh, giving out of uh, uh, people's information on uh, death numbers and governments, you know, stuff they own, letting people know the truth. Hmm. The situation's becoming more and more common these days as Joe Biden's agenda to push the transgender ideology on Americans becomes more and more aggressive. He's often used the bureaucracy to create rules requiring such indoctrination for schools and others. The Mass Resistance Report said Manchester's $10 million lawsuit is against uh, the town, the the town school committee, and multiple school employees who were part of the effort to fire her, including the former and current superintendents, former Baird Middle School principal, former counselor, and former librarian, a transgender who is accused in the filing of pushing that ideology onto children. The parents of the child involved earlier had filed a lawsuit against the school, which already is at the appellate level. Mass Resistance explained uh, it has monitored that school situation for a long time, The sexualization of middle school children in the Ludlow schools goes back nearly a decade. Objections from parents and school staff were rejected or dismissed. The 65-page lawsuit filing described in detail how the transgender middle school librarian, a woman who dressed as a man, allegedly began grooming children with graphic, sexual, homosexual, and transgender-themed books and other inappropriate material starting in 2014. The books were not only given to children directly in special individual reading time sessions, but also brought into classrooms, a report said. According to the filing, when parents complained, school managers refused to act, even demeaning the parents. Manchester was shocked that school officials were delivering explicit sexual content to children and was subjected to harassment and intimidation because of her objections, a report said. Even worse, the lawsuit describes how the school counselor and others maliciously coached troubled children into take, uh, to take on transgender identities with opposite sex names and pronouns, the report said. In the specific case involving the, uh, the young girl, the parents had instructed the school managers not to have any private conversations as she was already in counseling. They ignored the request for filing charge, the filing charges and secretly uh, persuaded the daughter that she was really transgender and encouraged her to use a male name and pronouns, the report notes. Incidentally, the report explains the lawsuit exclaims the, uh, explains the counselor had few, if any, professional qualifications in child psychology or psychiatry and child development. Then the school used deception, instructing school officials to call the girl he in school, but she when talking with her parents. Manchester, who previously had been asked by the girl's parents to help her with the various school projects, was sent the school's instructions to deceive the parents and told the father. The school retaliated the lawsuit charges by claiming uh, that what was contained in an email sent to the school was Uh, in general, was confidential and dismissed the Manchester. 
The lawsuit notes that Manchester didn't violate any school board approved policy, any ordinance, or any education standard, any state law or regulation. And, in fact, the parents had previously asked Manchester to talk to them about their daughter. And the report notes, moreover, the school had always encouraged communications between teachers, students, and their families. In fact, since 2013, the school had made communication with parents and families an important criterion of the teacher's biennial performance evaluations. But you're not allowed to tell them we're screwing around with your kids. <laughs> In the past, when Bonnie informed parents on other issues, she was given allocades. World Net Daily reported when the firing occurred, the BF, the daughter, was coached by the school to be transgender. A, com a commentary at PJ Media described the situation as a groomer school where officials coach children to tra transgender ide ideologies while hiding their actions from parents. Important note to World Net Daily listeners, shortly after Hamas, well, that's not anything there, um, I guess that's the end of the article. But hopefully she'll win the lawsuit, jack these people up. A lot of former people there, former uh, principals, former teachers, former like you know, at least something's happening. But that pretty much stinks that somebody's got to go through all that stuff. Uh, data from New Zealand Ministry of Health shows that COVID vaccines have killed over 10 million worldwide. It's a lot more than that. Uh, today you'll see the data that nobody wants you to see. Finally, <laughs> no state or country has ever released record-level public health data on any vaccine. Privacy is not the reason for this. The data can be easily obfuscated, uh, which we did on, the on this data, so that no record entry uh, would match any, uh, any person living or dead. The reason, i got to make this bigger. There we go. The reason the data is kept secret is simple. It would expose the fact that the COVID vaccines are unsafe as well as that all, all the vaccines that have been able to get record-level data on. Today, thanks to a courageous whistleblower who works at the New Zealand Ministry of Health, we have record-level information from a large population of all ages and are making it public for the first time in history. Here's the Rumble video announcing the leak. Okay. Um, here we go. I'm Liz Gunn, and I come from a background as a lawyer and then years in mainstream media. I now do freelance media, and I stood in the recent election in New Zealand. As part of my standing in that election, a man approached me and asked me if I would talk about with him some statistics, some data, a large body of data that he was brave enough to come forward and offer in order to help the world. I can tell you that I have never worked on such a detailed case. I have never worked on such a demanding story in all my years in both law and media as this one. It has demanded fastidious attention to detail and we have taken it to statisticians here in New Zealand and elsewhere around the world. There is a purpose to this. The purpose is to bring down the greatest evil, I believe, 
that has been perpetrated on the most human beings around the world at the same time. To that end, I cannot put into words the courage of this man whom I will now introduce. He's willing to have his face on screen. I have always referred to him by his nickname, which is ironically Winston Smith. I do not know his real name and I am happy with that. Welcome, Winston. Hello. Could you tell me what brought you to this point of such courage? I am. Um, it's because I, I love humanity so much is, uh, is the reason. And um, I know that bad things happen when good people do nothing. And I may not be a good person, but I'm not a bad person either. And so this is my reason is because the chances of us being here on this planet as humans is 400 trillion to one, each of us. The chances of this, me being me, you being you, 400 trillion to one. So <clears throat> we are a unique creation. We are the universe's most special, one of the most treasured creations of the universe. I'm going to have to do this again. Eh? No, <laughs> Just go with that, it. All right, this okay. is beautiful. This is so beautiful. this is, yeah, each part of us, we are made from the stuff of the universe, stardust, right? So that means it's um, every atom in our bodies is at least four and a half billion years old. So we are, we are so precious, every single one of us. So can we go again? Just, all keep, right, no, no. just keep pressing on. All right, all right. So I'll start again, shall I? Mm, I've just got to um, get this out massive. This keep going, keep going. Just keep going. of the table too. All right, okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so okay, my, my let's, reason... let's do it again. My voice is all over. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And if you look at me, it's going to calm yeah. you a little bit. Because looking at the camera, it, it makes... Just look at me and be with me. All right. Yeah. yeah, look at me and be with okay. me. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm so it's beautiful. Crying. It's just my voice. It's beautiful. Right. Um, take so some nice breaths. My reason why is because. Just, just, um, and, and just take a look at me. Okay, I'm going to ask the question again. Yeah. Welcome, Winston Smith, which is okay. the name oh, I know oh, you yeah. as. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. So. Welcome, Winston Smith. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call you. Yeah. What brought you to this point of such incredible courage that you were willing to speak out? And take this risk? Um, well, sometimes it's harder to look than to leap. And basically, I saw too much that I couldn't do nothing anymore. And someone said that um, bad things happen when good people do nothing. And that was obvious during World War II when Germany went and killed millions of innocent people. We know that they're not all bad people. Germans are not all bad people. So there were good people. They just followed orders. They were just told what to do and just went along with it. Bad and things so happen when good, good people, people do, do nothing. nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So this is, this is one of the reasons why this is happening now is because good people are not doing enough to stop it. So, so we are. As humans, we are one of the universe's most treasured creations. We've, we are, each one of us, incredibly, incredibly unique and rare. There's a, every chance of us being here is 
400 trillion to one, each one of us, okay? So the chance of us meeting here is off the scale. We are like, there are more stars in the known universe than the chance of us being meeting here today at this point in time. So it's an amazing thing, the universe. is. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And to enjoy it, to live life is... Yeah, it's a, it's a gift that we've got to enjoy. So we can't. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit here to where they actually get. Like I said, I'll just show you. Um, Let's the, go into the data. Okay, so I was curious about um, the the death rates, as I as I said, and what I did was run a query to see how many days where more than 120 people were dying. Why 120? That Why was that just number? yeah, it was just a magic number. It was just a line in the sand. It seemed. Um, appropriate for New Zealand because we're a small country. It's like in America, it would be much higher, obviously, in Britain. And um, so 120 was a magic sort of point where you would see um, a lot of days where it wasn't 120. Because that would, would have been in the past unusual yeah, to yes, have 120 exactly. daily yeah, deaths. So that, that is, that is, right. the, that is the, the magic point. If, you, if it's lower than that, then it, it loses its relevancy it's okay. because there's a, lots of days where it's over 100 and you, you would just see like every day basically over 100. But 120, you get that sort of cutoff point where a lot of most days should be under 120, um, but then you get a few days which are over 120. So what I did was go back to um, 2000. Uh, I like that. It marks it out as a talking point day. Oh, that's an, an unusual day. We've yeah, had yeah, yeah. 120 deaths. This was yeah. the New Zealand before the jab roll. Exactly. Yeah. All yeah. right, I get that. So we've got 2011, yeah. and we've got the second. We've got the 22nd of February, and we've got 268. Yeah, and that is the Christchurch earthquake. Ah, so that was a, a yeah. real outlier. That's an outlier. Okay. And it also validates the, the data set. So then after that, we've got um, 2011 again. Um, 2011, but that is, that's February. And again, we don't have over 120 deaths that, until that, July. Until July. Yeah, but that's, that's the midwinter flu season. And you expect that in the winter, more people die. It's just a, a statistical fact. And they're just above the 120. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So All right. Obviously, it must have been a, a fairly bad winter. So we've had a five-month gap with yeah. nobody, above, no numbers above 120 a day dying yes, exactly. in New Zealand. And then the next one down, if you look at that, is... 2014. 2014. So we've missed two years there where nobody, there were there was no one, no numbers more than 120. And that is the 8th of August, and we've got 135. Yeah, again, probably flu. Big so gap, three-year gap. Middle of winter. Okay. But it's, yeah, a big gap. So again, you've got another one there. And then, That's again in August, so I've obviously got so something going again, on. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, winter. 2015, so again, July. Yeah. And then 2017. So, just another year. so yeah. between 2015 and 2017, New Zealand did not have one day yeah. over 120 yeah, that's exactly right. deaths. And then again, this is yeah, very 2017, telling. You got um, the midwinter flu season again. Yep. Um, 2017 must have been quite a bad flu season. A number of months here. Yeah. So we're going through yeah. from June in 2017 through to August. Yeah. We've got August, we're still 2017, 
but they're all just above, most of them are just above 120 deaths yeah, a day. Apart from... A couple, 141, yeah. one, one at 159, all right? So, but then um, 2017, 2018, you only have one. Right. 2019. we've only got the 2nd of August, we've only got one day and that's 121 deaths. Then we have... We don't have more than 121 deaths until 2019 yep. in March, the 15th of March. Right, yep. And then 2019, um, again, bad um, flu season. And then nothing. So if you look at the bottom there, for two, uh, for, for one year, 2020, there's nothing. Right, so 2021, um, this is before the pandemic as well, by the way. So we have our rollout in the middle of 2021. But 2021 itself, not a big year. Not a big year. So, so that's all 2021. That's right, yeah. And those are the only days in 2021 before the rollout that were above 120. Yeah. Now the vaccine rollout comes into full effect. And we've also got COVID, which I'll refer to in another graph. But 2022, check this out, right? This is so, April the 20th, 2022. Just after the vaccine rollout, yeah. So we've got... We've got 151, 128, 137 dead. Wait a minute, this is, this is every day. Yeah, so as you see now, from this point onwards, this... Just keeps going. Almost going, every day. Going. Here it is now every single day. Going. And going. And they're all above 120. Yeah. Still 2022. Going. Going. So already evidence of excess death. This is in excess New mortality. 100%. Wow. Wow. And still, still going. it's going. Still going. Now we're heading 2023. Has it stopped? Has it slowed down? Well, you tell me. It's still going. This is 2023. We're still in 2023. So Where before we had gaps of yeah. months or a year yes. or two years, yes. three years, yes. no now gaps. We're not. We'll do that now. Again, how do we know this is not COVID deaths? COVID, um, the pandemic sold to us. Because the COVID deaths stopped. Um, and I'll show you that on the Worldometer website. Okay. You can look at this data yourself. Check it out. Please check it out. The Worldometer website shows that COVID deaths stopped at a certain point in 2022. We'll look at that in a moment. One of the things you've said to me, Winston, is prove this wrong. Go out of your way to prove this data wrong, that it's linked to the rollout of the COVID jabs. That's what you want, isn't it? That's what I want. Prove me wrong. And I will say, while Winston is doing this, he has said to me, I would love to be proved wrong. I wish it was not the jab that was doing this to New Zealanders and to people around the world. I wish I was wrong. Now, that is a man of such sincerity. Yep. But the data is screaming at him what it is. Well, that's what science is all about. It's um, You put a, a theory, a hypothesis up there, and you invite criticism. You want to be, you want to be shown that it's wrong. I've got... I wish to my heart that this wasn't a thing. I wish, I wish. 
it wasn't what it is. Yes. I think we both do. It's yeah, horrific. This, this so, has just been a, yeah, it's been a terrible nightmare. So I put this in a, in a chart format so we can see. When I first saw this, I thought, well, what am I really looking at here? So what we have here is a graph of the daily deaths where more than 120 people have died from January the 11th to September 2023. So on the left there, the big red line, is the Christchurch earthquake event. So that is the outlier, and that's a, a lot of people died on that day. From there, the next line where you get more than 120 people dying is sometime 2012. Then you get nothing for a year. 2013 doesn't have any. 2014, you got a couple. Then nothing. 2016, you got one. Then nothing until 2018, where you get a whole bunch, a whole cluster. That's probably due to a flu epidemic because all these, these spikes that you see, these black lines previously on the left-hand side, they're all due to the winter flu season. So you've got to remember that they all, all these deaths happening June, July, August. So there, in 2018, we had a, a big flu epidemic. Moving on to the right, you get another one. Then the next red one, the Christchurch massacre, which was in 2019 in March. But from that, you get a, a cluster in 2020, a whole bunch there. May have been another bad flu season. We don't know. But then from 2021, midway, you see a black line there appearing. And then it's like a flick of a switch. Suddenly, the black lines get closer together. And there's more of them. Very thick black lines there. So this, this one here, peak deaths with COVID, with or from COVID. But then the deaths from COVID, if you look at the Worldometer website, it correlates to that. That is the same time. And they say that over 60 people died with or from COVID. Then after that, it suddenly, suddenly drops off. So after that, you only get a couple of people a day dying with or from COVID. So if you if you go back to the chart there, in that case, you would you would expect to see the black lines disappear because no one's dying from COVID anymore, right? But you're not. You're absolutely not. You're seeing the black lines. There are more people dying than ever before. These are the, the biggest number of deaths we've seen in history of New Zealand. The death rate has gone up 6%, 8% year on year. Even after COVID wasn't a thing, the death rate is still going up. And that's illustrated here by these black lines, which are still going on. And we're basically getting a Christchurch massacre now on many days in New Zealand. Yes. Would you agree with that? Yes, that's right. It's like every other day, we're basically seeing a, another similar number of people in the Christchurch massacre, but it's not been mentioned by anyone in the news. Mainstream media is not picking this up, but there is an increase in the death rate. Nobody's talking about it, but we've got to know why there are excess mortality rates, not just in New Zealand, but across the world. And hopefully we can explain that. This here is daily deaths of more than 120 from Jan January 2020 to September 23. 
And again, we see the rollouts. Border workers, February 21. Frontline workers, March 21. The elderly. May 2021. And then the rest. July 2021. Okay, look, look what happens after we've all been injected. These lines start to appear. And again, we're looking at number of deaths. Yeah. Number of over deaths. 120. That's the number of deaths over 120 each day. With. And where we see a thick black line, that means a number of a days. Of days. Yeah, in a row. Yeah. So when we get this thickening of the black line, yeah. the lines, we yeah. know that there are many oh, days. Yeah. Where we've got this excess mortality. All right, let's look at, let's go into more specific sites and look at excess deaths from that, that perspective, Winston. Okay, so what we have here are the 20 worst sites for excess deaths. That means excess mortality. So of the, the sites in New Zealand, um, there are 1,391 individual vaccination sites. Um, and we're looking at the mortality rates of each site. So from that, we look at the top 20. And if I, that's the heat map, that's, um, and if this was a, a normal data distribution, you would see more in the big data centers. This is, a, this is not normal to see them on the South Island like that, because the South Island is not densely populated. So for the excess, it should reflect mortality rates across the whole country, which is the background mortality rate, something like 0.75%. Some of these rates will shock you. So this is the, the slide, but it's in Google Maps now. Um, so again, 20 worst sites for excess mortality rates. And as you see, um, 10 of them are in Christchurch alone. Wow. down to that. Let's have a look. So let's let's just stop here, and cry, more Christchurch Central as well. Yeah. Not out in Littleton, but look at this, and yeah. and out near the Antarctic Centre, yeah. St Albans. We've yeah. got Sydenham. Yeah. And um, yeah, if, if we just if I just zoom out and show you. Invercargill. And if you look on the left hand side, um, Invercargill, poor Invercargill, it's, um, they've had an unbelievable experience. They've had a total number of site vaccinations of 837 and a 30% death rate. 30%? So almost. One in three people who were vaccinated at this site are now dead. And what have we got here? The this total clusters per site? Yeah. The clusters we're going to talk about later, All but right. this is just the, the death ratio. The, the underlying mortality rate should be 0.75% ordinarily. But in this one particular site, we've got a, a, a mortality rate of 30%. That is staggering. Yeah, and in Chicago. Of all places. What else have we got in the South Island? Can we go in on Gore? Yeah, and Gore. We have this pharmacy here. Um, they've vaccinated 16 people and 
almost 20%, one in five of them are now dead. And that is La Hood's pharmacy. Yeah, in Gaul. Um, so, yes. What, what do you make of, if we look at the bigger map, of the South Island focus, concentration? I can only um, make assumptions, but something, something is clearly wrong here. So the, the vaccine would have come in, um, however it got to the South Island, we don't know, however it was stored, however it was transported, but something is not right here. So there might be something in the, in the batches themselves, I, I can only guess at this point, but this, the statistics are clearly saying that there is something wrong and it's concentrated in the South Island, that their, their mortality rates are far in excess of what is normal, far in excess. So we get back to the crucial point of, of your data to me still, Winston, is this is proving that this is not able any longer to be put down to natural causes, or this would have happened anyway. Absolutely the data not. takes it away from that. Exactly. This cannot be a natural event. Mm. This is man-made. We're going to look into that more. I want to add a very poignant point here, Winston. We haven't mentioned this so far, but we are focusing on deaths in New Zealand. For every death, I can only imagine, I referred to this in an earlier message, the number who are injured. We don't have that data here. We don't have that data here because death is the ultimate adverse event. Mm. It's undeniable. It's binary. It's either alive or dead, one or zero. Adverse events, we, we have got no idea. And if it's an adverse event, they can argue about it in courts of law ad infinitum, as you know. But with an adverse event like death, then it's harder to prove, disprove. And statistically, it's very, very difficult for them to disprove this because, as I will show you, um, stats don't lie. And this is government data. This is government data, and we don't know the government collection of adverse events no. data because many people I've interviewed have been told themselves on going in and saying, I believe the jab caused this injury. They've been told you're just anxious. Yeah. So we don't have nobody, potentially Nobody good data. knows this data. Nobody but me in New Zealand has seen this data. Now I'm giving it to the world. Explain why. Explain that. Because it's a, it's a payment system and I'm the database administrator for it. I'm the only one. Because New Zealand is a small country, you can get away with one database administrator to do this. So I'm in a unique position in the world and because New Zealand is a tier one country with really good IT, um, I was able to manage and build the system and as be the only database administrator needed to look after it. In other countries like America or Britain, um, you'd need a whole team of people. So it would be very difficult for one person to get access to all of this information. But in New Zealand, because of the size and because it's got really good IT, I happen to be the, the one. And I think the universe has put me here for this reason. So New Zealand becomes a seminal example for the yes, world. Yes, We are a petri dish here. Yes, we are. And if it's happening here, guarantee it's happening everywhere. And we need more people like me to stand up and just come out. Don't be scared. Just do it. 
There's a lot of emotion when you speak like that. Can you can you briefly we before need, we go into the stats tell me what this journey's been like? Oh, it's it's been a roller coaster. Um, but like I said, it's harder to look than to leap. Okay. Now I've got to leap. Looking at this dead has torn me apart for years. I've got to do something about it. On and that, that's what I'm doing. On that note, to those who say, why didn't you come out sooner? Address that point. Because the data wasn't there, mm. I had a, a suspicion, you know, with, with science, you always question. So obviously question things right at the start to see what's going on. Um, the data wasn't there to do this analysis. Now, a couple of years down the track, we've got a huge body of data. 2.2 million people have been through the system. It's a good data set. It's an accurate data set. It's not 100% complete because there are other systems out there I do not have access to. But this data set is accurate. And I can guarantee statistically correct. So because, because of the time that it took to gather this data, I couldn't go out right at the start and say, oh, there's something wrong here, there's something wrong. Like one day after it was rolled out, someone died. That's insignificant, unfortunately. And it, it insignificant data-wise, data -wise, but yes. it breaks my heart. Yeah. It does. It breaks my heart that so many people are lost because of this. And it's, it's the government who are behind it. Why are they doing this? This is their people. They should, if, if there is a safety signal, any safety signal at all for a vaccine, it should be withdrawn immediately. But they've just ignored everything and just gone straight ahead and just put the headphones on and just ignored it. Ignored all the voices saying, screaming, this is a danger signal. This is a killer. And it is a killer. But they've just gone straight ahead with it. But it has to stop now. So that implicates Bloomfield, as as who's been heading up the Ministry of Health. It implicates Ardern. It implicates well, Hipkins. Yeah, all of them. It absolutely does. But maybe they've got plausible deniability. Meaning what? Explain Meaning it. what they, they didn't know. They deliberately didn't know. Could they not have known this? Could, May, is it possible? Maybe I can't speak to that. All I can say that is that the government and the media have ignored voices like ours, mm. like yours, for too long. And when you've got hard data, when you've got government data, it is impossible for them to deny. So the argument could be they may not have known, but they could have known had they chosen to listen exactly. to yeah, those of us pleading with them deliberately, to um, research. Deliberately cancelled voices which told them to, to look at the data, deeper. yeah, to look deeper. So, and that's gone on across the world. There's people like Trudeau in Canada with the truck drivers. He just didn't listen to anyone. He just went ahead with whatever agenda he had. And I'm not going to talk about that. That is a separate thing. All I want to talk about here is the actual data, the facts. We the know undeniable. there are brave politicians across the world pleading still, Andrew Bridgen in the UK. Absolutely. These people deserve yeah. to be heard now. Absolutely. And they will be heard. The people will not be silent on this because, you know, he stood in Parliament, brought me to tears when he did his speech and there was a huge uproar in the public gallery. It's like, this is what Parliament is about. This is the people speaking. 
And he said at the time, this is not the first debate on excess deaths in the world, but it, it is the first debate, but it will not be the last. It will yes. not be the last. But he was there in an empty parliamentary yeah. gallery, yes. except for the public. Except for the people. And there were thousands outside. And the people know, the people will know when something is not right. And it's getting to that point now. The people in an Invercargill in Gore will know there's something not quite right. And this is the answer. This is what we're going to tell them now. Look deeper question. Because you will know that um, it doesn't seem right. Well, why are all the old people dying? That they've never had so many old people die before. Statistically, this explains why. I it, can, it can only be from the vaccine. Hmm. It can only be from that. Not, no other explanation is, can be used to explain it. It's not normal. But here we have the data saying why. Let's look further into it. What else yep. have we got here? Okay, so that's the heat map from the whole of New Zealand. And we've talked about that. And Showing excess Christchurch, this is the, the ratio of excess deaths. And statistics, we'll, we'll get onto that in a bit. Here are the ratios for the top 20. So if you, if you look at the top right there, the average New Zealand death rate, the mortality rate is 0 0.75, 0.75%. That means seven people per 1,000 will, will die in one year. Um, so there you see that the top um, sites with mortality rates way above that, way above that. This is huge. So. If it had been safe and effective, we would have we expected 0.75%. Yes. What we have, in, so site total death count, yeah. and we've got total site vaccination. Yeah. So this is really official data. Yeah. And we've got 31%. Nearly 32. So of, of those 191 people who were vaccinated at that care home, um, 61 of them, are now no longer with us. Wow. And I would remind people, we were sold the jab to protect the old people. Exactly. And, and this, in, a, in terms of temporal connection to the jab, there will be a time connection. It won't be too long after the jabs, will it? Um, we don't know, a month or two months. Yeah. Um, that is data that is captured, but we will have to analyse that at a later date because yeah. all I'm trying to get out now is the general statistics. I mean, these, these numbers, these should be for all age groups. Maybe you've got one like care home, a care home may be elderly, the average age may be 80. But even so, even if you think that their age group is 80 to 90, the mortality rate of that age group is maybe 20%. Not 31%? 32%. Or 32%. The reason I asked about the temporal connection is I know the third site, which I've looked at in detail with you, and we'll get to that, where we have a 30% yeah. rate. I know that the jabbing took place in very close time frame yeah. in some of those groups and yeah. that the deaths were within yeah. a few and months. We'll look at that in a moment. But, but a, look at the numbers. Yeah, and this is a a big data set which, which makes it statistically more relevant. Um, the higher the number of vaccinations, 
the more accurate the statistics are going to be. So we've got um, 837 for the death count of 253, so 30%. Almost one in three people who got vaccinated at this site are now no longer with us. And that site, Queen's Park, is in Invercargill. And here we have another residential elder care services. We've got 923 of them jabbed, 276 dead, which brings us to nearly 30%. And, yeah, again, to your point that the the vaccination was promoted to protect the elderly, to save them. So what does it exactly save them from if they were going to die anyway? How How much longer did it buy them? Are we talking a week, a month? What was the purpose? Here's here's one of our Christchurch ones, the Doctors Christchurch South. We've got 48 vaccinations, 12 dead. That brings it to a quarter of of those jabbed dead. That's way above the odds. Way above the average, yeah. When we take it back to 0.75. That's exactly right. And a lot of sites um, have got the mortality rates under 1%, which is what you would expect. So there is something going on here Mm. that cannot be explained. All right, Winston, let's look more specifically at batches. A lot of people want to know, what was my batch? What can you do to help Kiwis with that? Okay, so what I did with the data was um, look at the top 10 um, batches that were had a high death count, a high mortality rate. And I put them on a chart, um, which you can see up there. So it's got a, a batch ID, which is our internal um, number for a batch, but you can easily get the Pfizer batch ID from that. It shouldn't be too difficult. Tell so, us more about that, because a lot of people will say, hey, that's only the top 10. I want to know my batch. What would you advise? Yep, you can do that. There's a, um, there's a website, Find My Batch, for the whole world that can actually find that. Um, and I, we can list this on um, a website, the whole number of batches. There are 119 individual batches so far in New Zealand, 119. Of the Pfizer? Of the Pfizer. Actually, no, of all of them, because we have we have Moderna, we have AstraZeneca, we've, but they're only few and far between. Mostly it's Pfizer. Mostly it's Pfizer in New Zealand. So people can find that? Yeah. Find my batch. Yes, they should we'll be able details. to. Yes. Hello. So what I did was our internal batch ID. I counted the number of vaccinated within that batch. And then I found out who was dead. Wow, let's have a look. And so we then look at the percentage of the ratio. So do we know if these are all Pfizer, the top 10? Yes, they are. And this is Pfizer's batch number one. We've had yeah. 711 from batch number one vaccinated. 152 of those died, which makes a 21% percentage death death rate. Mortality rate. Yeah, I'm going to stop it there because we're just about out of time. But um, pray for this guy. I mean, he had the guts to stand up and uh, put the information out. This is information that belonged to the people of New Zealand. He simply told them about their information of course the new zealand government raided his home arrested him is charging him criminally for just simply telling the truth to the new zealand people who he works for and that's what's going on all over the world right now 
Same thing's happening to a Navy lieutenant right now who has access to the uh, naval information. And uh, maybe we'll talk more about it tomorrow. But we're out of time for today. Appreciate everybody being here. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We will see you all tomorrow. Take care and God bless.